You are listening to the Mini Minxes. It's a mischievous way to start your week. Disney Girl Power. Hello and welcome to the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast, episode thirty-seven. Thank you for downloading our podcast. As without you guys, well, we'd just be a couple of UK gals chatting Disney to ourselves. We have a fun-packed couple of features ahead in this episode, don't we, Kim? We certainly have, and just before we get to that, we're going to start the show with some of the feedback from our listeners, following on from our episode 36, and I do believe a shout-out is due to Jenny Newman, also known as AngelJ5 on Twitter, for her expansive Disney knowledge, where she actually noticed that we had an error in one of our facts. <gasps> and yes, you're exactly right, Jenny. Rapunzel also has two parents. I know, well spotted there, Jenny. Very clever of you. have had a lot of feedback, though. A lot of people have said they really enjoyed your take on Dumbo, Kimmy. Yeah, I'm extremely pleased and I really enjoy doing them and I'm glad everybody found it interesting and hopefully sort of discovered a few fun Disney facts that people didn't realise before. I know I certainly learnt a few things listening to that. So, as we mentioned in show 36, we have had a fair few tweets and a few messages from people congratulating us on joining the Turing Plans Network. We're both still very excited about this, aren't we, Kim? certainly are and like we said in the previous show it's only going to mean good things for the show and hopefully bring more exciting features and opinions on it is indeed but it's it's a bit of a momentous episode is this for us dear girls because it's the last one we will release via our own feed onto iTunes because the next episode, episode 38, will be available through the Touring Plans Network. So from the 30th of June, you need to be going on to the iTunes store and subscribing. Now, we will be tweeting about it, we'll put messages on Facebook, etc. We will remind you to do so because obviously we don't want you to come along and expect mini minxes in your daily podcast listening and not find us because then you'll miss us and we'll miss you and we won't have any friends anymore. How it's going to work is you will subscribe to the Turing Plans Network and every day they will have one, some days two, different podcasts for you to try out and we have got a couple of minutes now where we're just going to tell you a little bit about the other podcasts on the network before we bring you our normal minxy madness so kim the first two podcasts that we're going to talk about are ones that can enhance your disney experience from the photographic point of view aren't they they certainly are the first one being Magic with Stefan Rick and various other numerous guests and they share lots of ideas on how best to capture all your Disney Park moments by your camera where they discuss basic photography tips including how to get your kids to look and where to take pictures as well as things like scrapbooking and photo books. Fantastic stuff! I know I could do with those tips. What about the other podcast then that covers photography? 
Okay, the other podcast that covers photography, and I hope I'm going to say this correctly, is ISO 5571, which is hosted by Corey, Ryan and Tom, and they are great photographers, and their podcast covers all things photography from the perspective of those people looking to get the optimal shot. Well, we also have a special brand new podcast. It's a bit of an offshoot of the Disney Hipsters podcast. It's going to be specially produced for the network and it's called Disney Hipsters 2. And Adam and Andrew will bring their view of Walt Disney World news and rumours as well as some interviews. The next one is one I've just found myself and I absolutely am really loving it. It's called Mighty Men of Mouse and it's a male perspective of Walt Disney World but in an untypical way. You're going to have to listen i'm sure you'll enjoy it what about you kim have you got a couple more to share yeah another couple of podcasts over here cover universal and disneyland and um, these are Diz Geek, which are presented by Daniel, Thomas and Jay, and they chat about the Disneyland Resort for our network. They bring their encyclopedia knowledge and quirky humour to the DLR news, rumours and everything else from the West Coast. Fantastic! And then our good friend of the show, Chris Wakefield, has his pod- one of his podcasts on there called Universal Now. And they will be our resident Universal Orlando podcast. And as well as Chris, there is Brandon and Ryan and Derek. And they are they are irreverent and in tune with everything happening at Universal Orlando Resort. They sure are. I even uh, emailed them a bit of a question this week. So I was on their show. Is that good? You'll get everywhere. I'm a bit of a geek. I know. I will admit it. Uh, two more now, the last two in our little network review. There's WDW for Families, where Todd, Randy, Elizabeth and Rusty are always thinking about their families. Even at Walt Disney World, and theirs is an absolute corker of a show that has amazing tips and hints for those people that not only tour with children, but other family members as well. And Ashley and Sam love them to bits. Married couple, they present the WDW Happy Place. They are also married to the mouse, consummate professionals, and they discuss Walt Disney World news, current events, with plenty of interesting interviews. And this is an absolute fantastic show. Been listening to this for a past few. Ooh, four or five episodes now and I'm going back in time really enjoy the show definitely give this one a try out and then of course you've got us minxes <laughs> so as you can see there's such a broad range of shows from Disneyland to Walt Disney World to photographies families to hipsters the beauty of it is of this network is you just subscribe once and you get all these shows if you don't want to listen to the shows you just then delete them, but give them a go, and if you don't, you'll end up missing your minxy fix, so go on, Gov, give us a listen. The beauty with this network is as well that each show will have a dedicated release date and will turn up automatically in your iTunes or Stitcher subscriptions, but as like Michelle says, if, if it's not a show that you're interested in, of course, you can press that delete button, but I also highly recommend giving each show a listen and a try just to ensure that you're not missing a podcast that you might fully enjoy. And also to ensure that you're not going to miss your little minxy fix. Keep your eyes peeled on that there Twitter feed and our blog. We'll give you more information as the big launch date happens. But for the moment, shall we get on with the show, Kim? We can do. Well, as you quickly just mentioned the Twitter feed, I thought I'd get in there how many stitch pictures I'd managed to post in your absence this last week. Oh, God. Go on then. 
Did it hit triple figures? Not quite. I sort of counted within three days. I managed, with help from many, 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 many listeners, um, around about 15, which I didn't think was too bad. That's not bad. I know. This is what happens, listeners. I go away for three days with work, come back, and Twitter has been bombarded with stitchiness. In fairness, you told me to look after the Twitter feed. I said to look after the Twitter feed, not bring Stitch with you. But hey-ho. I'm not angry. Well, no, but our listeners enjoyed my Stitch mischievousness. Well, we've got a little bit of Stitch in store for our listeners in this episode as well. Because we are going to be doing something shortly. And I'm just going to put a little bit of music on for you. See if you can guess. Tomorrow can be a wonderful age. Our scientists today are opening the doors of the space age to achievements that will benefit our children and generations to come. The Tomorrowland attractions have been designed to give you an opportunity to participate in adventures that are a living blueprint of our future, said Walt Disney. Walt's legacy is left in the current five Tomorrowland creators at Walt Disney World. The second Tomorrowland opened on October 1st, 1971 at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World Resort, Florida. And just like its predecessor Disneyland, it was opened unfinished as the entire land took a further four years to open. So are you listeners ready to take a trip with us? Kim, we really need to get this travel system sorted. Kimster, hold tight and off we go. Take care. Time to feel a bit sick. Oh no, better get a sicky bag. <laughs> oh my heavens, Kim, don't let me look down. Don't, don't, don't look down. Oh, no, no. Somehow we've managed to land on the roof of Space Mountain. Oh, great. Yeah, let's, let's just land the minxy vehicle on top of one of the rides I will never go on. Well, I had to get you there somehow, love. Well, this is the closest you're ever getting from it. And by the way, when you get away from the edge and let's get back down onto ground, I don't do thrill rides. Oh dear, well we're best hurry up before we're spotted by some eagle-eyed CMs. Put on the invisibility cloak we pinched from that day out over at Universal (laughs) and let's begin our trip. Inside, we are in the queue to begin our trip round this futuristic land with the Dark Ride Classic Space Mountain. The ride's origins began back in 1964 with Walt as he personally wanted a space-themed ride over in Disneyland. With the initial name of Space Voyage, which subsequently changed to Space Mountain, as plans were subsequently made. However, with his death two years later, the plans for this were put to one side. The story is picked up again in 1971, with the opening at Walt Disney World. Due to its success with adults and teens, Imagineers wanted it to be a thrill ride. They then looked back to Space Mountain. The ride has had two incarnations, firstly 1975 to 2009, and then more recently from 2009 to present. So, come on then Kim, let's take a butchers around in the queue. The queuing area is a glow with blue neon. Hey up Kim, you look a bit like a smurf. Yeah, I've never been in here before, I didn't know there were all these gadgets and gizmos and flashing lights. 
Well, if you look to the side, you'll see black windows, or as technical space geeks would say, portals. These give views of stars, nebulae, comets, planets and a space station. Now that revamp there Kimster just mentioned brought about a new track and riders have Alpha Track on the left or Amiga on the right. On busy days with long waits, Alpha is usually used for standby riders and the Amiga track is fast past only. I'll give you a tip, if you ask real nicely, you may get to choose your track. Otherwise, the kids cast members will tell you where to go. Ooh, we're going on Amiga. Kim, is there a difference? Hang on a minute. How am I supposed to know? I'm not riding this ride and I've never ridden it before. But my sources tell me that yes, there is a slight difference to shell. They are virtually mirror images. Alpha track is 10 feet longer than Amiga track, so the two tracks can cross each other. Out of all the Space Mountains, the one at Walt Disney World is the only one with two separate tracks. So what do you think of the queuing area, Kim? I've never seen it. Well, let's sum it up. It's very, very sparkly and flashy lightish and these buttons to press. Are we going to get you on the ride? You're certainly not. However, I will share a fact with you I've learnt about the ride. Is that John Hench, the brilliant Imagineer, insisted the concrete beams on the outside of the show building for two main reasons. It allowed the inside to have a smooth surface so the Starfield and meteors could be projected clearly and that the columns would create false perspective on the exterior making Space Mountain appear taller than it actually is and thank goodness people would listen to his ideas or else we wouldn't have the unmistakable Space Mountain building we have today. I know, it's quite a landmark for navigating yourself around backstage when you get lost in the car at the end of the day. <laughs> Sheesh! Anyway, I'm going to give you a little bit of facts about the ride. You have to be 112 centimetres to actually ride the ride. But if you were under seven, you need someone over 14 to ride with you. What about if you're like a really tall seven-year-old? But you still have to be over seven. Yeah, so even though if you're just tall seven-year-old, you're not allowed on unless you've got a 14-year-old. True. Is that because your 14-year-olds are a hell of a lot more responsible than your seven-year-olds? Obviously, but also, there's this new ruling, isn't there, in Walt Disney World, where you've got to be over 14 too, or you've got to be accompanied or over 14. On any ride? Not on any ride, but to actually get into the park. Because oh. a lot of people were sort of like dropping the little kiddiewinkles off, 8 and 9, 10 and 11 year old, and they were getting free babysitting. Well, that'd be rather quite expensive babysitting because you'd have to buy an annual pass. I suppose that's not extremely expensive compared to English daycare prices. Well, true, if you imagine they use the free childcare five days a week. <laughs> Soon works out quite cheaply, actually. I remember my childcare bill for three kids. It was a nightmare! Anyway. Okay, so this ride has a fast pass, yeah? It has a fast pass. Um, three people in each vehicle. It's a dark ride. Post the ride which I'll see if I can get to Kim to go on this bit, even if she won't go on the ride. Yeah. There's a travelator, and you can see some futuristic images as you go by, and at the end you can purchase the ride picture. But you know, like when you say the travelator, is that similar to the travelator that you get when you come off Pirates of the Caribbean, which I know is in a completely different world? It's a moving walkway, basically. Like what you get when you get off Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, and it's at about a 30 degree angle. So you go upwards. Yeah, it's a bit bouncy too. I don't know if you're supposed to bounce on it, but I do. It makes me feel like Tigger. And that's what Tigger's do best. 
Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go for a quick whiz round this, Kim, and I'll see you the other side in the gift shop. Off to the chicken exit, you shall go. Yeah. Oh, my heavens, can you see my face on that picture? I'm yeah. not buying that. It's horrific. What were you thinking about when you were pulling that face? I just thought I'd cheer you up since you've missed out on the first attraction of our Minxy Tour of Tomorrowland. All right, I can safely say, listeners, that this bench that's at a 90 degree angle of Space Mountain is very comfortable <laughs> and well worth a visit. Well, seems my little Minxy buddy missed out on the fabulous, absolutely wonderful Space Mountain. How about making it, letting her see a character that'll make my little minxy buddy jump for joy? Oh, oh, he's there! Oh, I love Michelle! Michelle, it's Stitch! Oh, God, she's rough on one. Okay, listeners, just bear with me. I'm just going to go and drag Kim back from the clutches of Stitch. As just to the side of Space Mountain is a fantastic place to meet Stitch and he makes four visits a day. Kim! Oh, see you later, Stitch. It when I've seen you. Yeah, I will be back in about an hour when you come back out for your second time of the day. Do you enjoy that? Yeah, isn't he lovely? Look at him, he's so cute. He's messing around and doing funny things. At least he's not spitting. <laughs> oh, heaven. Come on, then. What shall we go on next? As we are over this side, how about a nice, soothing, calm attraction that isn't going to make you feel sick tomorrow. by just looking at it? That is oh, come on then, there's never a queue. Come on, Kim, let's go in and get a seat. Shall wake up. I wasn't asleep, I was resting my eyes. It's just so cool in here, away from the scorching Florida sun. Here in the Carousel of Progress, this attraction originally debuted in the New York's 1964 World's Fair. Back in 1975, the attraction opened, but someone somewhere made the error of changing the classic song from There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow to The Best Time of Your Life, which is very similar to um, the Dirty Dancing title of um, that song, which everyone loves. So thankfully, in the 1994 refit, it was brought back, and thank you is what I say, because that song is fantastic. I know I'm at Disney when I hear that song. Oh, it is. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. Do you know, every time I go to Walt Disney World, I make sure I hit this attraction. So I'm so glad that we could fit it in today. I'm going to say it's a definite must for me every time we go. We have to see it, if not once, at least twice. Too right. Now, you've seen Stitch. It's my turn now. I want to see Buzz Lightyear. Yes, that's right. Just outside the Carousel of Progress, you will always find... Buzz Lightyear and sure baby, I love to press his buttons. Oh heavens, listeners bear with me as the big kid's gone and press his reset button. Quick, let's go for an active battle with the evil Zerg. This 1998 addition to the land is a must-do, so come on, let's jump on to an XP-37 Space Cruiser, which he's just made for us too. Oi, get off that gun, that one's mine. Kim, will you stop spinning round the cruiser? I'm going to be sick. I'm trying to tell the listeners about the attraction. Yes, but this is my thrill ride. This is as thrilling as it gets for me. Sheesh. Anyway... 
Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin is an omni-mover attraction where you have a range of targets to shoot in 13 different scenes. Your challenge is to save the universe and become a Space Ranger and you do this by collecting points. Using your laser cannon, aim at the orange coloured Emperor Zerg insignias and then watch your score on the dashboard. Zoom, 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 zoom! Now Aaron absolutely loves this ride and a top tip from him would be is if the queue is over 20 minutes long, get a fast pass. You will be pleased to know there are no height restrictions for this ride. So Michelle, can we ride sticks yet? No, no. It's time to become part of the attraction. It's time for some side-splitting electricity gathering fun with the guys from Monsters Inc. on their laugh floor. This 2007 attraction gets you involved right from the pre-show where you can text in a joke and you never know. It might be included in the end of the show. Now this has never happened to me, but you know, maybe I'm just not very good at telling jokes. Go on, let's text one in. Go on. Not, not. Who's there? Boo hoo. Boo hoo hoo. Oh, don't worry, Michelle. We'll go and see Stitch in a minute. There's no need to cry. <sighs> the show lasts around 15 minutes, and it is either time to dodge the spotlight or make sure that you sit in the correct places and find it. I'm definitely in the dodging group on this one. I think it's something you must see, but. If I'm in the parks for a couple of weeks, I'd probably only do it once, but shall we make a little minxy happy? Are we going on stitch? 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 Um, I'm going to get the correct preposition here for you, Kim. Yes, we can go and queue for Stitch's Great Escape. Go on then, you tell the listeners all about your favourite ride. Okay, listeners, well, as everyone knows, my favourite character is Stitch, and there is nothing that I like to do better than go on Stitch's Great Escape. Now, Stitch's Great Escape is attraction in Tomorrowland, and it is a theatre-in-the-round experience, which basically means all the action is happening in the centre of the room. To me, there isn't really a bad seat in this attraction. There are obviously seats better than others, and I would sort of suggest second row but nine times out of ten to me you get to see everything and now what happens in this attraction is fantastic you actually get a life-size animatronic stitch interacting with the audience causing a little bit of chaos here and there being a little bit mischievous like i know stitch can be it has two pre-shows the first one is a video of um gantu basically filling all his recruits, because you recruit in this attraction, on what you're about to see. And unfortunately, that's where the trouble begins. You are then moved into a second room where there are some more animatronics, which to me are just as good as the main attraction. Playing out a little scene, I won't go into too many details, but it is a really good, funny scene-setting scene. And then you're in for the main attraction. And as you can tell, I absolutely adore this attraction. So come on then, I'll let you have two goes and it seems you explained the purpose of the ride so well. So listeners, bear with us while we go and have a couple of rides. Right, so after the trauma of Stitch... It's not a trauma, why is everybody so down on my Stitch attraction? Well, 
I don't like getting spat on and I don't like just being passive in a ride. I like to sort of move about a bit. You see, this is what I completely adore about this attraction and I, and I am one of the only ones as well that likes the Drew Carey one in Hollywood Studios. I love the fact that it's all about using your senses because there are times where you're in pitch black and you've got to use your imagination and you've got to use your your hearing and your smell when he burps and the touch when he jumps on you. I love doing that and maybe that is just because I'm a big kid and I like using my imagination. No, I just don't like smelling other people's burps. Well, it is adorable. Come on, let's just have some positive remarks before we move on about how good the 39-inch audio animatronic stitch is. I mean, it is one of the best animatronics I've ever seen. You've got to say that at least. It's so realistic. Okay, the animatronic is good. And I've got some more stitch-related info later, which I'm not going to tell you about yet. Sorry. So... Come on then, Kim, let's have some high-flying fun on the Astro Orbiter. Woo-hoo! Come on, if you're really quick, there isn't a queue, so let's get over to the elevator. Hey, I'm going all American, all us Brits will be calling it the lift. Come on, budge up, typical, there's always a tour group ahead of us. <sighs> Squeeze in! Squeeze in! This attraction always reminds me of Dumbo, but the only difference is the ride vehicles are rockets, not elephants. I just love this attraction, but I do think we are riding it at the wrong time of the day. The best time is when you can, particularly in August when I go, at about half past eight, it's getting a bit dark and there's a thunderstorm in the distance and you can see the lightning. This one and a half minute spin then is at its best. (laughs) Did you know that the Astro Orbiter actually does 11 rotations per minute? And although the scenery around the ride makes it appear to go extremely fast, it is only going around its access, access 11 times per minute. So if it's a one and a half minute ride, you're only actually going round, what, 16 and a half times? That's correct. Oh, I would have thought you would have gone round more. That's just how the perception of the ride is, but I think only rotates 11 times per minute. How many times have you done this before? I haven't actually done it as well. So this is going to be your first time? Yay! Oh, go on, I'll let you get in a rocket on your own, then Woo! you can tr- control the up and down. Did you know, though, Michelle, that when it first opened, it was actually called Starjet? It was indeed. Which name do you prefer, Starjet or Astro Orbiter? Um, I think Astro Orbiter, because I've, I've never seen the incarnation of Starjets. So, yeah. it, does, it does sort of suit it a bit better. It gives it a bit more of a galaxy-friendly name, I think, Astro Orbiter. Yeah. Jet. Oh, is that puppy power? Sounds a bit like <laughs> puppy power. That's crappy doom. <laughs> oh. Well, I'm all spun out. I don't know about you. Let's try something which is a bit more for my cup of tea. It's just my speed limit. It's my version of Space Mountain, the TTA. Oh, go on then. Oh, Shell, the rope is off. What? TTA's down? That never happens. Aha. Uh-huh. What are we going to do? We're going to have to pop back later. We've got time to go and stitch again. No. How about looking for that talking trash can? Push! Push! 
Whilst Michelle is busy tracking Push, Kieran, come and save me and give me one of your facts. Hi, this is Kieran, and I have a Tomorrowland fact for you. On July the 17th, 1955, Walt Disney said, A vista into a world of wondrous ideas, signifying man's achievement, a step into the future, with predictions of constructed things to come. Tomorrow offers new frontiers in science, adventures and ideals. The atomic age, the challenge of outer space and the hope for a peaceful, unified world. This was his dedication at Disneyland on Tomorrowland's opening day. It was a much smaller area than you see today because of budget cuts and it was the last stand to be done. Over in Tokyo you will find Captain EO, One Man's Dream and Star Tours in Tomorrowland, hence showcasing the science fiction theme. More from me later on in the show. Now, I don't know about you, Michelle, but I'm really hungry. What food options have we got? Well, out of all the lands, Tomorrowland is a bit of a strange one for its food. What are you in the mood for? Let's go through the options and perhaps decide then. Can I have some cornbread? Uh, I haven't found anywhere in Tomorrowland that sells cornbread. Oh. So we're off to a bad start as already. Oh dear. Well, let me see. Let's go through. Let me see. First, oh, look over there. It's Auntie's Gravity Galactic Goodies. Oh my heavens, that's a bit of a mouthful. I bet you couldn't say that fast five times. Anti-gravity galactic goodies, anti-gravity galactic goodies, anti-gravity galactic goodies, anti-gravity galactic goodies, anti-gravity galactic goodies. Is that five? It is. You're such a showoff. <sighs> well, you said I couldn't. <laughs> and I don't... Do you think they'll give me a free ice cream? Well, we can try. Anyway, firstly, I better check my watch because I know they don't open till 11. Oh, it's okay. It's after 11. Mm. So, this is the place to go for your Tomorrowland cool down with floats, iced coffee, soft serve ice cream, sundaes and drinks. They also do a bit of a mean smoothie. How about that, Kim? Are you a partaker of a drinky or ice cream from there, Kimster? Well, I have actually bought something from here a really, really long time ago um, in 2008, where it was some sort of coffee drink. Gone cold by now. Well, yeah. Well, no, it was a cold coffee drink. It was like a frappuccino, but not quite like a frappuccino. And they used to serve them in these really cool collectible cups. Now, I don't know whether they were supposed to be collectible. They were like this really thick plastic. Are you sure you were supposed to not hand them back in? No, no, no. You weren't supposed to hand them back in. They were, you know, a disposable cup. They were like plastic. And it had like a really nice silhouette of the castle on. Because people were throwing them away in bins and stuff. But me and Aaron kept cars and we still got them. And then we rushed, we run back there in 2010 thinking, all right, we'll get some more of these cups because we're like beakers, really. You know, like what you use for little kids. But yeah. we don't have kids, me and Aaron are the kids. But they just switched back to the normal quick service one. So, yeah, so yeah, that we, I have been there, but I don't really fancy one of these right now. Um, all this travelling and dashing from attraction to attraction has really made me hungry. How about the luncheon pad? You can pick up one of a trio of their hot dogs. You can have Coney Island, Philly Cheese, or Taco. 
Plus, we could have a frozen blast of blue raspberry drink. Oh, come on, Michelle, what do you think of that? Ooh, I like the idea of a frozen fizzy pop. That sounds absolutely fantastic. But do you know what? I have got a bit of hunger on me. Let's go mad and let's go the full Monty and have counter service. Wow, Michelle, you treat me like a princess. Well, there is only one place to rely on in Tomorrowland, and that's Cosmic Rays. As the Tomorrowland Terrace never seems to be open, and surprise, surprise, it's shut today. Great ambience and plenty of choices. Soups, salads, burgers, hot dogs, pulled pork, chicken, veg, sandwiches. Oh, their options are endless. Heck, if you're kosher, there are meals available for you too. I think I will have... A chicken and rib combo. Do you know that is one of the best value meals on the Disney dining plan for a counter service? That's a good choice, that Kingster. Thank you. It's alright. I think I'm going to go for the pulled pork because when you add in a little bit of salad from that fixings bar, it does add up to a pretty mean meal. But, oh, desserts. Ugh. I think gelato is the most palatable one. What do you think to the whole idea of going into one of the right queues? Because you've got a queue in the right bay for whatever you want, whether it's chicken or burger. It can be slightly complicated, if not a little bit overwhelming for possibly first-timers and people that might not necessarily speak English as their first language. But I would have thought, hopefully, as they are clearly illustrated with pictures too, they would eventually get the idea of to which queue standing. Yeah, I must admit when I went with the kids and everybody te- tended to want something from a different queue by the time we'd gone round all the queues got all five meals the first meal were cold so it, yeah well you see I'm lucky in the fact that if Aaron wants something that I don't want he goes in queues in his queue and I go queue in my queue and then we meet up in the middle and go sit down that's a good plan really send young Kieran off by himself bless him not really. Otherwise you'll have spent all your counter service credits in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. I'd be buying that chicken before I could say boo to a goose. Exactly. Anyway, let's enjoy the best part of going into Tomorrowland. Let's find a seat right up close and go listen to Sunny Eclipse. While me and Michelle listen to our mate Sonny, we will flip the switch so good old Kieran can come and give us a bit of a Kieran pack. Hi, this is Kieran and I have a Tomorrowland fact for you. Over at the Starlight Cafe, you will find Sunny Eclipse, animatronic, alien lounge singer slash comedian who entertains. During his 25 minute set, he frequently mentions his family from Luna, his six eyed, 12 nostrils estranged wife, and his parents, Sola and Pasha. A favourite family member of his must be his ma in law, Total Eclipse. Get it? Total Eclipse? He sings with his backing group, the Space Angel. No one really knows if his backing group are a trio or a quartet. They kind of are invisible space aliens. For those of you in the know, 
Cow David is another name for Sonny, the American blues guitarist. That's it for now. See you again in show 38. Are you feeling quite full now, Kim? I certainly am. Shall we just go for a wander around and enjoy the atmosphere and the scenery? Yeah, why not? But you do know... Do I? You do know there are two attractions we've not yet done. Have we not? The Tomorrowland Speedway. <gasps> How could I forget such a thrilling ride? How could we not do the Tomorrowland Speedway? Maybe because we're girls and girls don't like cars? Have you ever done it? No, I haven't. And again, it's not because it's not actually because I'm scared of it. It's just because it hasn't really interested me. To be fair, I think everybody should do the Tomorrowland Speedway at least once. To me, it's you sit in a car that doesn't go very fast. You can only go in a straight line or the tr- the line the track dictates, and you bump into the person in front of you because they're not going fast enough. To which you're then bumped in the back by the person behind you because you're not going fast enough. Now, if it was a bit better and they didn't cram so many people on the track at once, and you could maybe race members of your party properly without banging into each other, it might be something I'd be a bit more interested in. Come on, let's have a go. Go on. I'll drive. I drive. I want to drive. What well, the bang into everybody? I won't. Go on, get your seatbelt on. Right, I'm ready. Waiting for him to say we can go. Are you ready? Oh, look, it's just like a little mini race track with photo images and racing icons. Look, there's even an observation bridge. Oh, this is dead cool. Very exciting. Just um, wake me up when we get to the end. God, I'm going to put my foot down and see if I can get up to that massive seven miles an hour that you can speed round with. Oh. Come on, Kim, we're nearly there. There's the chequered flag ahead. Oh, yeah, woohoo. I'm so excited to be on this ride right now. Oh, you misery chops. Let's get off as we come into Victory Circle and have a big cheer. What I don't understand about this attraction now is I appreciate it's in Tomorrowland, sort of halfway towards where Toontown was, but can we not just, like, put something more interesting to see? Can we not turn it into cars? land or something maybe this is something we should discuss a bit later on in the podcast when we sort of say what we'd improve and what we'd knock down and oh we're not knocking attractions we upset everybody last time because we knocked down this family robinson <laughs> oh i've got my bulldozer at the ready love i wonder which ride and attraction i'm gonna hit with okay so what other attraction have we missed well we haven't done the tta but i've just guess who's over there is it stitch is it time to go see stitch again no, it's Lou Mangello. Oh, Lou, are you, Lou? Lou, Lou, come on, we're talking about Tomorrowland. Lou! He's running away from you because he's fed up with your stuff, I'm going to run after him. What can you tell us about the TTA? Uh, it's a good place to take a nap, and <laughs> you can stay on it and to stay in the shade and avoid the crowds. Um, do you mean, like, why I like it or sort of a fact and figure kind of thing oh, or like let's have, let's have a bit of both well i love the tta because of the same reason you get to go through part of the magic kingdom and see perspectives you wouldn't normally see i keep praying for one day when i go through by space mountain the lights will be on <laughs> right at the end of the night yeah at the end of the night. normally at that time i'm 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 in the bakery 
<laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> I think one of the things that I like about it the most is I'm a complete roller coaster wuss. I will not go on roller coasters at all. But there's a certain part in the TTA where it sort of speeds up in the dark. And I can pretend I'm on a roller coaster. And yes, my hands do go <laughs> up in the air. And I pretend I'm on a roller coaster. And that's my roller coaster. <laughs> Don't worry, Lou. I've got a plan to get her on Tower of Terror. But more about that later. <laughs> Secret. We'll just, we'll just lure her with a turkey leg. <laughs> and we'll get her down Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, just make sure the Yeti doesn't disco down and eat it from the pit. <laughs> if he ever gets fixed properly. Someday. Hmm. Someday. We shall see. When do you recall your first memory from the TTA? So I remember as a kid, I was very fortunate because my parents took me um, as early as November of 1971, just a few weeks after the park opened. So I do remember as a kid, I was probably five or six years old, and I remember my bad hair and my bad clothes and my bad hat, but I remember going on it um, with my dad uh, in Tomorrowland, because I, I remember Tomorrowland looked very different back then, so where you have that entrance to Tomorrowland and all the uh, metal ornamentation and the rock work, none of that was there. There was two giant white spires, and it looked very very sort of plain, like white spires and, and light blues and things like that. But I just remember it being just, uh, you know, we were able to talk and we were able to look. And my dad was pointing out different things uh, around Tomorrowland. It was a great way to get a leisurely look around certain areas of the Magic Kingdom and see the parade go by. And uh, there was something I was just always fascinated with about it from the the technology, sort of this, this magnetic uh, linear induction technology that they used to... Walt's idea that, you know, my dad explained how it was, Walt wanted this to be a transportation system that really sort of fueled my interest in the technology and how things work, but I also just like the simple pleasure of riding around, and my whole family could do it, you know, my mom could do it, my younger brother was able to do it without any worries about falling down an elevator shaft or, or meeting the Yeti, whatever it may be. I just think it's just a lovely, relaxing, as you said, you could have a nap, but I prefer to sort of go on something else than that. I normally nip to Epcot and go on Ellen's Energy Adventure <laughs> because it's cool and apart from the Rory bit, I can normally have a quite a good good nap. Yeah. That's quite good. Am I right in uh, thinking that it was originally called the Wedway People Mover? It was. Uh, Wedway was for Walter Elias Disney, Wedway People Mover, when it first opened. Uh, that name changed over... Uh, I believe in, gosh, I want to say in the 90s somewhere. Um, gosh, I don't remember. I remember when I switched over. But yeah, it um, it was originally the Wedway People Mover, and it was sponsored by Goodyear, I believe, initially. Um, and now it's actually sponsored by Alamo, the rental car people. But the track hasn't changed. You know, the, the, the attraction has not really changed other than really the narrator over time and again i think it's because it's that simple pleasure that people really just enjoy about it 
Oh. It was. I've actually got a date. I'm very sad about this because my husband's just given me a piece of paper saying the actual date because he obviously knows it off the top of his head. Um, it changed over to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority on the 11th of June, 1994. Oh, I have no idea why he's got that name in his head. He can't remember. Because he's birthday. a good man and that's why you married him. <laughs> he can't remember my birthday. He doesn't remember my wedding anniversary, but he can remember when the TTA changed its name. <laughs> We have our priorities in order, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's just remembered the important stuff, that's all. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that with us, Lou. I think we are going to depart your company now, however, because Kim and I are going to go and um, have a quick spin on the TTA. And I think there's a citrus swirl calling you over there. Uh, I agree. Thank you guys so, so much for having me on. Um, oh. um, Thrilled and honored to be here. We should do this again because it's fun and we're talking about food. And you're, you're doing such a wonderful job on the show. And, and thank you again, too, for taking time out of your trip to, to spend with me in the Magic Kingdom. And- oh, you're welcome, Lou, anytime. Maybe next time we're over, we'll catch up with you again. But for now, Kim and I are going to whiz on over to that TTA. We'll catch up with you later. Right, well, did you enjoy that ride on there? Lucky Lou getting the chance to go over to Adventureland for a citrus swirl. Unfortunately for Kimster and myself, we're stuck in Tomorrowland because if we walk out of Tomorrowland, oh my heavens, you don't know what chain of magic we will destroy. No, it'll be like opening a rip in the Doctor Who type vortex. Time-space continuum. There we go. Yeah. And all those days of watching Doctor Who have not been in vain. Well, we've been a busy set of minxes. We've eaten. We have. We've been entertained. We have. Met characters. Dick. Woohoo! Walt Disney World, we're on our second revamp of Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Disneyland are on version 3 over in Anaheim. Thinking ahead, Kim, how would you like to see Tomorrowland evolve in the future? Go on then, get your bulldozer out, love. <laughs> To be honest, Tomorrowland, I would say, is my second favourite land, and it isn't just because of sticks. It is because of the attractions that are there, and the feelings and emotions that the music and the scenery and everything sets while you're in there. And the only thing would necessarily change would be, like we just well, like we mentioned before, Lou. Um, the, free, the freeway, speedway, car thing that goes round and round, which isn't very exciting. Tomorrowland Speedway, which you've now only been on once. Yeah, well, pretended to be on once. Shh! <laughs> I just, you know, I have looked at it, we have stood outside of it, and, and shall we, shan't we, shall we, shan't we? And maybe it's because we're a childless couple that we just, we just don't get it, we just... It's not even like we can really race each other because you're limited to how fast you can go at seven mile an hour and you're limited to what everyone else is doing around you and I just don't think the scenery is particularly very innovating and exciting for me to look at while I'm pretending that I'm driving a car when I drive a car in everyday life. (laughs) It does take up an absolutely massive plot as well. It takes up a real big chunk of Tomorrowland but... And there's always a big queue, or a long, every time we go, there's always a big queue, it's never a walk-on, you're always queuing at least 25 minutes to half an hour in the blazing heat to go on some pretend cars. I just think, maybe not necessarily bulldoze it, I like the idea of it, but it just makes an alteration to it 
And if we didn't want to get, you know, all the kitty winkers racing against each other and causing accidents, let's let's change the scenery a bit. Why don't we have, like, if it's Tomorrowland, why can't we have like these billboards that are advertising some crazy, a bit like the jet, you know, like in the Jetsons where they go past all these billboards. Yeah. That are advertising some sort of product like 10D TV or something or <laughs> Smellivision TV or you know just some really bizarre in the future product and just I don't know maybe have some robots maybe Wally you know maybe have Wally in it because they're not really represented anywhere as such at Walt Disney World. Um, Tomorrowland would be a good fit, yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe have something with Wally and and eat. Oh, oh, you could change the speedway, and you could be one of them full-sized people on them armchairs, just floating around <laughs> the line. Do you know what I mean? And then you have got your little TV on your chair and your adverts, like in the film Wally, liking that idea. I must admit, I see the ride from a different point of view, having taken children to. Tomorrowland and ridden this attraction mm-hmm. because to certain boys a trip to Walt Disney World wouldn't be complete without a ride on this because they are given quite a lot of autonomy to tra- control their own speed, control their own steering and I know seven miles an hour doesn't sound very fast but to a young lad the freedom that this ride provides to them is quite unique. And it does take up quite a chunk to go all the way around the circuit, so it is a bit of a, a thrilling ride, but I completely agree. I want to see this a little bit more modern. Now, I was thinking maybe some kind of dome over the whole ride. I was thinking getting it off, just going round in like a, a an a race track where we could go up a little bit, down a little bit, around the dome. I don't know. I'm just going. I'm just going off on one, but I do like the Wally and Evie idea. I think that's really good. I just think there are, there are a couple of popular characters as well. It's not like they're not popular, but just don't get any sort of mention or any sort of appearance in the Walt Disney Parks. Whereas at Disneyland Paris, in their version of Tomorrowland. They're, they have their own statue outside of attraction. All right, there's not an attraction, but they have this really fantastic, and I'll try and get a photograph to Michelle um, so she can put it on the blog with the show notes of Wally. And even, you know, you can stand in front of it and you can have the photograph taken. And that's in Aww. Discovery Land, which is, you know, Disneyland Paris's version of Tomorrowland. And I just think, you know, they are a good fit and they are good Disney property, and it would be nice to see them somewhere in Tomorrowland and they could give you know maybe work with um, Push because Wally's all about recycling and everything so you know there's that sort of theme with it as well. Cool that sounds really good to me. I have these ideas every now and then. Good is there anything else you'd like to do in Tomorrowland? Um well apart from permanently ride stitch. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I know you're not a big fan of the Monsters, Inc. thing. I can live with it, live without it. I can see they need a show type thing there. Um, a Monsters, Inc. is quite a good fit. I just wish they would change the material a bit and swap it around a bit. I mean, it, it is basically a larger scale version of um, Turtle Talk with Crush or Stitch Live in Disneyland Paris. And it's just... It's a shame that they couldn't just swap it around and change it about. And when I say change it about, I mean the material, not necessarily 
the show because I think the pre-show area where you're queuing up to go in is amazing. You know, when you're in the corridor, mm-hmm. I mean, the attention to detail there compared to the stuff that happens in the film is really good. So it is well done, it's just the material gets a little bit tired after a while. And then the other the other sort of thing I'd like to change is not something that we've sort of mentioned, is the um, is the area of Tomorrowland where they tend to put on outside shows that only last for two weeks and then they cancel them because people don't want to stand in the blazing sun. <laughs> I wish they would do something about that space. Now, whether it be to add some shelter to it, or to just build a building there they need to do something so the shows that happen there are more comfortable attract more people and then people would be more tempted to go see the show or or whatever's going on at that time i mean i know stitch got a hell of a lot of abuse because his show only lasted like two weeks but i don't think I mean, I didn't see the show, I, I've seen it on YouTube, and yeah, it was a bit corny, but at all the Disney shows, I think the majority of that was the fact that there just is no shelter and there's no seating. Mm. It's just a big bit of concreted space, which, when you're in the middle of the day, it's the last place you want to be. True. So that, that's all I would change. Make use of that space a bit better, and tweak tweak the, the speedy way thing. Okay, well, definitely agree with improving the speedway, getting a bit more modern. Um, my other option is, and I might get egged for saying so, get rid of Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. What would you do with it? I know you were going to say that. I could tell that you weren't a massive great fan of that. What would you personally want to see there? I want the door ride. I want the door ride. Please get me the door ride. It looks amazing. <laughs> you can't fit the door ride in that space that's there. Yes, we can because we're going to get rid of Stitch too. Oh, we're not. Yep, yeah, I've got a master plan, Kim. Just bear with me. Bear with me. Right. I know neither of us have been, but over in Disneyland Hong Kong, there is the Stitch Encounter. Here, see, thinking. Where you enter the space traffic control for a close encounter with Stitch. It's an interactive comedy action escapade indoors where you even get to learn a bit of Hawaiian. It looks fan dabby double dozy. Does it have a 39 inch animatronic? Honey, for you, I'll stick one on top of it with flashing lights. That doesn't spit, though. Oh. So, when I've sort of got rid of the stitchy thing, right, and sort of revamped the stitchy and whatever, I'd have the door ride from Monsters, Inc. because I really do think so many people have been saying because of Monsters University coming out, when are we getting the door ride? When are we getting the door ride? It would just be... Oh, it would be the cherry on the cake. I would absolutely love it, and that's what I want, and that's what I'm going to get. So, Imagineers, drop me a line. We'll chat together, and we'll get the door riding. Yeah, but I don't even think the door ride is a good fit in Tomorrowland. That's something more that I would probably see at Hollywood Studios. Well, probably so, but if they're going to be getting Cars Land... That's a big if. That's a big if, or maybe Star Wars Land... Even bigger if than there, but we won't go there. But I want a new Monsters Inc. Right, and yeah, and doors are futuristic because how do you get to the future by going through a door? Well, talking of time machines, Kim, 
I can see it's nearly time for us to get back on top of Space Mountain and get a lift back up. It certainly is. And I'm not going up there, so you can get that thing to come down here. God, it's not like a dock, you know. It's not on the train. <laughs> fetch! Fetch! <laughs> we'll just have to climb up there, love, getting it, because we've got Show 38 and all the Touring Plans Network stuff ahead of us, so we need to get ourselves sorted. Okay. Well, then I guess all that's left for us to say is thank you for downloading this crazy episode 37 of the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast. And it's goodbye from me with stitchy kisses. Mwah. And a couple from me. Not continental. Bonjour. Je ne sais quoi. I love you. I love Ich möchte ein Stück Schweißwilde Kirschstadt. This time machine's having a little wacky. So how can people contact us, Kim? Okay, well, they can contact us via Twitter, and I have been quite frequently on Twitter this week. Woo-hoo. And it's at the Mini Minxes, or you can tweet me at the Mini Minx Kimmy. There's only the one Mini Minx Kimmy. Certainly one is. Mini Minx Kimmy. Good job, really, isn't it? Yeah, we couldn't cope with two of your tweeting pictures of Stitch. Uh, and then you can email us, which is at which is our email address, obviously, because that's why I'm saying you can email us. And that's contact at theminiminxes.co.uk. Our Facebook page is The Miniminxes Disney Podcast. And we also have our amazing, our wonderful, please rush like crazy to go and read it blog, which is theminiminxes.blogspot.co.uk. So that's yet another Miniminx episode in the can, as they say. Don't forget, look out for our tweets about the Touring Plans Network and make sure you subscribe or you'll miss out on episode 38. Catch you later, guys. Bye. There's no 